This is Amateur Logic, episode 173, for September 16th, 2022. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world's leaders in ham radio accessories, and by ICOM. Contest season is here. Keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. Tommy and Email and I did make it to Huntsville this year. We saw a lot of good friends over there and spoke with some of them, got a lot of it on video. So that's what we're going to be looking at. Plus, you know, Amateur Logic next month is coming up on our 17th anniversary. Whoa. Yep. Believe it or not. And we're going to celebrate that. And we've got a rig. And we've got a power supply, and we've got an antenna. A little more about that later on in the show tonight. Tommy, you have, I don't know if this is an email or a post. Yeah, it's actually an email. A real? It's a short email, but I wanted to talk about it for a minute. Uh, The email is from Jim, W-A-2-Z-K-D. And he says, uh, hello, are you running WSPR? In grid JO31KM73, Jim. So I asked him why. He asked uh, He asked that, and he sent me a picture with my call sign huh. running WSPR from Germany. So that was a couple weekends ago, I think, and I went uh, a couple nights ago on, looked at my own call sign, and apparently I'm still in Germany running WSPR. So if you see a beacon coming from uh, Germany from if it's not from Grid Square EM42WL, then it's not me. So I don't know who's using my call sign over there, but I hope they'll stop sometime soon. When you were over there, I, I think within the last year, have you been able to locate your Whisper setup since then? You sure it still <laughs> is your house? <laughs> you know, I looked yeah, on the map, and it's actually not far from Dusseldorf, where I actually went when I was over there before. Wow, um, it's kind of co- weird coincidence. I thought, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe someone saw one of my tutorials on here and followed yeah. it verbatim and put my call sign in the spot. Yeah, uh, perhaps. That's, I'd like to think that it was something uh, innocent like that, and. Uh, but anyway, I hope whoever it is will see this and uh, put their own call sign and their own setup over there. Well, it looks like they are making a few contacts, though. So. Yeah, they are. And, and quite quite, uh, quite diligently, too, because apparently they've been on uh, quite a bit. First video here. I don't think it needs any setting up tonight. Well, here we are at the Huntsville Ham Fest. This is my first ham fest in two and a half years. This is us, and this is a Huntsville Ham Fest. It is good to be back. You know, I would say it's at least as big as it always is here. 
Yeah, I'm not so sure. It seems like they got an extra row this way. It's kind of hard to tell, yeah. but it seems like it. Yeah, in the past there was a divider wall right about here, and so none of this area where the Wayne standing back there with the camera was even part of the ham fest. But you know, I haven't been able to make it through the whole thing yet. I've I've made it part of the way through, but not all the way yet. So we're gonna have to get after it. You buy anything yet? Yeah. I bought a, uh, a solar panel, one of those fold-out ones like you have that were built for the military. It was a second, so instead of $900, it was $100. It, it'll do a 4-amp charge, so it's, uh, I don't know, I haven't calculated the watts, but that's, that's pretty good, so. Yeah, the price is good. Yeah. And I bought an expensive pair of diagonal wire cutters. Oh, uh, don't tell Emil. They were used, but they were still expensive. Well, I guess that'd, that'd be a, we won't tell him about it. I, I don't recommend buying used wire cutters, except I held them up to the light and looked at them and, you know, made sure there weren't any gaps in there. So they, they were in good shape. So. Oh, well, that's a good deal. Anyway, what's on your list? Have you bought anything yet? You know, I haven't bought anything, and uh, I thought about the PL259s, but I honestly looked in my box before I left, and I'm okay on that because I haven't really done a lot with it. Um, so I don't have anything in particular. I'm just going to see what I can find. Yeah? Cool. Hey, I see a guy we need to talk to. If you'll stand right here, I'll go grab him. Okay. Here he is now. Hey, Tom. Hey How you doing? Doing good. This is uh, Tom, WA2IBD. Yeah, it's been uh, a whole year since I've been here. It's been three, three for me, I think. Three? Well, I know I came last year, I and did. you guys didn't yeah. come last year. And last year was my first year at it, and I have to say it's a lot bigger this year than it was last year because it was a little yeah. iffy whether they were going to do it or not. Yeah, so if you guys checked in on the soundcheck net, Tom's one of the uh, net controls there, one of, one of many. I appreciate you helping out with that. It's a lot of fun. We enjoy doing it. Yeah, it really is. You also got a YouTube channel. What's your channel, Tom? It's uh, Ham Radio A to Z, like the number two. Oh, yeah. Mostly tutorials and stuff. Y'all should go check his channel out. Yes. Tom's been with us a few times as well on Amateur Logic and... You know, we have him on from time to time. And you do, you have to put up with Marty like once a month. Once a Is month. Is that once a month? Okay. But y'all do a great job, and we appreciate you running the net. Marty's a lot of fun. I wish he could have come out to this, but uh, Marty's, Marty's kind of my neighbor. He only lives maybe 20 or 30 miles from me. He's on the other side of Kansas City from where I live. So have you met him in person? I haven't. Him and his wife and me and my wife keep threatening to go to dinner together, but we haven't made it yet. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to meet Marty sometime as well. It's uh, pretty cool to uh, put faces with the, with the voices that you hear. I actually met, uh, yeah, well, you'll see it later on the show, I'm sure, but I uh, met some of the people from the net, uh, actually one of them for sure. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll save that for later. Very good. It was nice to see you guys. Yeah, you too. Oh, before you go, I, you were carrying around a backpack. What have you bought and put in there since you've been here? Well, 
I bought this solar panel and a controller that somebody kind of forced me to buy. Well, he didn't force me, but he had it, was showing it to me, so now I'm going to be in trouble with my wife. And he made it seem like a good idea. He made it seem like a good idea, so I do have a, a solar panel, at least, that I'm taking home, and then just a few miscellaneous parts. So cool. Yeah, I like to, I can't wait to hear how those things work out for you guys. Yeah, I'm anxious to try it out. Tom, always good to meet you in person, and uh, we will see you on the net soon. In about three weeks, I Three think. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's good to see you, Tom. Take care. Well, we ran into the king of cheapness, General E. Cheap, actually. Yeah. When I ran into him, I almost knocked him down. <laughs> I, am, I am cheap, and I am a general class. There you go. For now, but you're working on extra. I am. I'm still attending Ham College occasionally. Well, we look forward to another another fine Ham College graduate sometime soon. All right, party on, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, Wayne. Yeah, actually, Wayne's the one running the camera. Okay, Mel. You're well known for your stinginess. Well, I won't say stinginess. Now, I will say your economical approach things. What have you bought at the Ham Fest? Well, um, I did get a free book uh, free while upgrading my membership while here because the uh, ARRL folks showed up and they let you uh, renew your membership. So it did come with a free book. However, I did have to uh, get another uh, source of power for my ICOM, which may not have been so cheap, but uh, was necessary. So what did you get? It's a battery for my uh, ID51A handheld. Okay. Yeah, that's a necessary expenditure. Absolutely necessary. Until you consider the fact that he paid more for that battery than um, than I did for, for one a few years back. But everything's higher now. Yeah. It's true. I, uh, you know, I got the quality part. I, I'm not sure... How, what you got on there, but I went with the, uh, you know, the brand, the quality. So, you know, cheap quality. <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely better than the third-party ones. I can testify to that for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, I needed something that could really last through a situation or two. Every, every third-party battery that I think I've bought doesn't last as long as the, as the original name brand ones. That's on pretty much any gear. Yep, absolutely. That's, uh, there's some things you just can't cheap out totally on who said that <laughs> you know i don't know but the reason i bought that battery is i was watching this guy on the internet who, who brags about being frugal and thrifty and uh i, I guess that's where i took the wrong turn i let me say though i bought that battery what two three years ago i hadn't had to charge it up yet have you even used it what? A few times. A few times. Uh, pretty much any battery is probably going to last you on there no more than you take your handy talkie around. Yeah, I'm going to have to change that, though. Now that we're going to be putting up the new repeater, I'm hoping I can get into it from the house with the handy talkie. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, you might. You're in a pretty good spot for that. It may be, it may be on the fringe edge for me. It may be. We'll see. When is... When is your ham fest coming up in Slotel? It's in October. I believe early uh, to mid-October. I'll have to get those dates for us, but uh, it's coming up. 
Can you go ahead and put in a reservation for some jambalaya for me? Because we plan on coming. I'm thinking we might not need a reservation, but based on last time, yeah, it goes quick. Yeah. So, yeah, we better do something. Yeah. They, I mean, it was like literally they pulled it right out from in front of me. The guy in front of me in the line got the last bowl. They were handing it to you and he intercepted it? That's, that's the way I see it. Yeah, well, we're going to have to get there a little earlier. Yeah, it's going to be a good uh, ham fest. Lots of forums. Um, you know, not quite on the scale of this, of course. Slidell's a little bit sli uh, slow. Oh, sorry about that. Slidell's a little bit smaller of a town, but uh, lots of people come out from uh, all around the area. It's a New Orleans area, so uh, we're going to have a good time, as usual. Well, good deal. We'll have to uh, stay posted on that. You're, I think you're doing a presentation, aren't you? Yeah, I'm doing a presentation on the, uh, the digital aspects of uh, ham radio and what's been going on. Somewhat similar to our uh, segment of the last segment we just did. Oh, well, cool deal. Don took the podium up there, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. All right, 7-3. It's awesome uh, being here with you guys and uh, everybody in person, meeting everybody, and, and it's just enjoying it. So, cool. No, 73. Live long and prosper. <laughs> so email you bought a battery. Was that was that it? Was that the only purchase? Besides renewing the uh ARRL membership. Yep. Well at least that was better than the one dollar you spent at Dayton. <laughs> That's right. I'm kind of ashamed yeah. to say how much I spent. I can't even email say. did you get any free meals? Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. No. No free, no free meals. meals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, got, uh, I bought a hamburger at the Ham Fest. That's about all I bought. Wow. Couldn't coax another uh, pork chop sandwich out of out of George? Wow. <laughs> that's that's neat. Yeah. That's that's the solar panel. It's, uh, well, it's too big for me to unfold right here, but. Wayne twisted my arm, and I knew Tommy had one, too, and believe uh, yeah. you other guys had some. I didn't have anything. It's similar to mine. Mine's a little bit different than that, but it's, it's close. And I got the... How many watts would that be, George? I think it's... I want to say maybe it's close to 100. Oh, I got wow. a charge controller, too. So Mine's a 60. 60? I think Wayne looked it up, and we think this one is 80-something. Really? Yeah. I'm not. I, they had two different sizes there, and I bought the bigger of the two. But, uh, yeah, 100 bucks email. I'm, I'm writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> so if it works now, it will pay for itself if I ever use it enough. So you hadn't tried it? No. I hadn't had a chance. Well, when I bought it and came home, it like rained every day until this that week. That is true. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to trying it. I think that's all I really bought at the Ham Fest this year, but that was that was enough. That's what I needed. So where are we at now? Oh, Mike. Speaking of power... I think yeah, you've, you've we, got uh, something. We were talking about power in the last uh, episode of Amateur Logic, and we are talking about uh, conversion of uh, CO2 and sunlight to uh, kerosene. 
And it turns out that uh, another article came flying by, so I thought it was kind of appropriate to talk about this uh, floating leaf, floating artificial leaf turns CO2 into fuel. So um, researchers at the Cambridge University tested their 100 square centimeter artificial leaf device outdoors on a river. And depending on the catalyst used, the device either splits water into or to produce hydrogen fuel or converts carbon dioxide into syngas, a mix of carbon monoxide and hydrogen that is used to make other fuels like methanol. And uh, it goes on to say that uh, fleets of su- such devices could de- de- be deployed on brackish water ponds and canals or, or the sea so as not to compete with land use so it's kind of interesting all these uh, neat ideas uh, that are popping up uh, everywhere for uh, producing or converting co2 into something useful um, yeah that, you know if we can do something with it that's that's great any any way we can get energy you know I'm well I'll say most anyway but I'm hoping you know these technologies will come up and and have enough efficiency that they really pay off. I don't know. We'll have to see. We met a lot of people at Huntsville this year, and one guy ran across right uh, pretty much when the Hamfest opened up. We met an old friend of ours, and well, we've got a little short video here. Back several years ago. We were giving away these commemorative PL259s, and this was one of our winners right here, Earl. And Earl, you, you won more than PL259, didn't you? I did. This was the anniversary giveaway, and I won an entire station, a 7300, an MFJ cobweb, a Heil microphone, and a power supply, and a tank of coax. And I've really enjoyed it, had a big time with it. And, George, I thank you, and I thank the sponsors. Everyone that I've seen here at Huntsville, I have thanked. Uh, I miss Bob, and I miss Mr. Uh, Mr. MFJ himself, Mr. U. But I'm hoping to, hoping to see him one day so that I can thank him, too. But I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I used the station this year remote. On the 4th of July, I was at Bar Harbor, Maine, uh, operating on the bay there in 13 colonies and just had a blast. So, George, thank you again. I really appreciate it. All right. Fantastic, girl. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Have a good show. You, too. Well, we're going to be back in just a moment, so don't go away. we got a lot more. Now you can put up a 50-foot antenna mast instantly anywhere. Take your antenna on the road. Just drive your car or truck tire over the base of the MFJ 1912 stainless steel portable antenna mount and you're ready to set up an inverted V, a Yagi, or most any other antenna. The MFJ 1912 is a stainless steel portable mount with every conceivable antenna connector on it, plus two huge U-bolts to securely hold a mast. 3H24SO239 MNO and binding post have you covered for just about any RF need. It's perfect for portable operations from activating that park, camping or field day, to a full-fledged emergency communication scenario. The MFJ-1912 gets you up and running and on the air fast. 
There's an SO239 to 3H24 gumdrop mount. Mount heavy antennas up to full-size tar heels. There's an SO239 to 3H24 stud that mounts lightweight HF antennas or mobile VHF UHF antennas. An SO239 mount allows use of certain VHF and UHF antennas. A PL259 to MNO mount allows you to mount most mobile VHF UHF antennas. And there's ungrounded binding posts that allow you to mount either ladder line or individual wires. Two U-bolts hold light and medium weight mast and poles, which may require guy wires. The MFJ1912 stainless steel portable antenna mount holds MFJ1916 an MFJ-1917 mast, as well as many others. When you need to get on the air quickly and securely from almost anywhere with minimum effort, you need the MFJ-1912 stainless steel portable antenna mount. Visit MFJEnterprises.com today. Well, next up tonight, we've got a video from a guy that, well, you've seen quite a bit here, and Tommy and I visited with him at Huntsville, as as well as um, a lot of other people visited with him. I had just caught up with Ray, well, not too long ago at Dayton Hamvention, and they had some brand-new products that, you know, really didn't even know all the details on them yet that uh, he was talking about in Huntsville this year. Ray Novak, it's good to catch up with you again. Yes, sir. I tried running hard, but you guys caught up. We always do, sooner or later. Well, last time we got together, we shot a couple of videos for a couple of radios. And for that, we got together at Dayton or at Hamvention and shot some some videos of a couple of radios. Did we shoot videos? We well, yeah, I know you and Tommy shot videos, but I don't think I I made the cut on that one because I think you had to leave before I got time to. I think we missed Dayton this last year, didn't we? No, we actually what we missed the two radios, but what we shot was the new amplifier and the SFH project. And I think you got some more information on that now. I actually on both of them, yeah, we. Um, Last night, which was Saturday morning Tokyo time, the release of the 905 video as well as the PW2 video on more details and new features that they did not, that we did not share at Dayton. I, I saw the, the video that y'all released uh, with the captions and all on it last night. I looked at it. Very interesting looking. I, you know, I saw it in person there, but we didn't know a lot of things about it, but we know a good bit more now. Yeah, we, we, we only knew about 2.4 and 5.9, but uh, the video last night showed us that it's 2 meter, 440, 1.2, 2.4, 5.9, and 10 gigahertz with the optional transverter. Uh, we also learned what modes it will do, so... ATV, analog ATV, um, an SD card for firmware updates for future um, features and things like that. 
So at this point, it, it's a radio that can evolve. One thing I was interested to learn, because I had thought about, you know, okay, you're running Cat5 cable up to the actual, I don't, what do you call that part of the radio? The RF deck. The RF deck. Yes, sir. I was thinking, how are you going to get enough current up there to power that thing? Well, it is a PoE, power over Ethernet. Uh, I was shooting video with Josh last night from Ham Radio Crash Course, and when we were looking at it, first thing he noticed, he goes, hey, there's no battery pack. There's heat sink. So the, the head of the 905 has got the PoE power supply built into it, so 13.8 volt in. So um, don't know what the voltages are going up to the PoE, but 10 watts on 2 meters, 440, and 1.2, 2 watts on 5.9, and then half a watt on 10 gig. Okay, so I, I watched the actual video, I guess, that came from Japan. Is that, that where the... the uh the one I saw came from last night? Yes, sir. I, I did, I'm not talking about Josh's, the other one. And there was a, they mentioned in there, because I knew it was POE, but I didn't, I was still thinking, I don't know how they're going to do that. And what they said is they stepped the voltage up. If you can't deliver enough current through that Cat5, they can step the voltage up and make up for that. Yes, that's exactly true. Um while I haven't seen a spec on it, I do remember uh, my buddy Scott, I think you interviewed him at Dayton, uh, in some of our general conversations, he's, he was telling me that you can go up to 48 volts on PoE. So if you're looking, if that's the case in this one, then you're looking at 48 volts, then your current to get 5, 10 watts out dramatically changes because it's always going to be P equals I times E. That's true. Well, what else has been going on? You know, I, it's same, I'm familiar with all these radios here. I know email, well, actually it was Wayne last night was looking more at this one here, but this, I got to tell you, Tommy and I, and mostly Tommy, you know, we've got one of these. We've got it programmed now. We've done everything we need to do to get it on the air. I just need to take it to the antenna site now. Oh, that's great. That means I get to come out there again and we do more videos. Yeah. We shot the video of the actual setup as we went along. And so Tommy's going to have some good information on the steps that you take. And, uh, well, he could tell you more about because he's the one who read the book. Oh, no. Tommy was the one reading the manual. Yeah, well, you wouldn't want me doing that. No, Tommy's, a, you know, our D-Star guru, so he he studied up on it. And I got to say, I'm really liking it. From I, I'm the only one who's actually able to get into it on RF right now because it's sitting there in the studio hooked to a dummy load. But I've been operating it from my handy talkie, and Tommy and email and other folks have been, you know, logging in through the gateway. Uh and Tommy and I checked it there, sitting right at the desk when we set it up. A couple of handy talkies. We did D-Star. Worked like it was supposed to. 
We switched over analog, worked like it was supposed to do. Didn't have to do a thing, so it does work both digital and analog now, unlike the earlier D-Star repeater. And the thing is, George, in those earlier versions, the reason that they were digital only is we were trying to prove to the FCC that you could do six and a quarter kilohertz uh, channels in digital. One of our competitors in the Land Mobile arena was saying, no, six and a quarter was impossible. And during that time, ICOM and Kenwood had swapped stock and was working on what was called NXDN, which is a derivative of D-Star. And when our competitor was saying, no, 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 six and a quarter will never work, we were able to say, we've been doing six and a quarter, it's called D-Star for the last three years. So it was a proving ground that six and a quarter kilohertz transmissions were possible for two-way communications. Wow. And obviously it is because it's everywhere. And I, I like that that you did add the analog in to the latest generation repeater here just because, well, just, just because you got options. You, you do, but again, to reiterate, if we would have put analog, there's no way that you could put analog and digital within 10 kilohertz of each other. So we were trying to prove that you could have a very efficient use of spectrum with a digital communication only. I, we're looking forward to it. I just got to take it to the transmitter site and hook up the duplexers and the antenna and we'll be on the air. Everything's worked out. It's going to be W5AXC. W5AXC. No, W5. W5. Yeah. AXC. Yep. Amateur Experimenters Club. Oh, now that sounds like an interesting club. What's the dues? How can I become a member? Are there cool T-shirts? Is there a secret password? Come on, share. You know, I'm not allowed to disclose that information yet because of the club bylaws. No, actually, we, uh, we just put the club together. It's basically uh, Tommy, myself, Emil, Mike, a uh, few people there in the Jackson area. We just needed to get a club together so that we could file for the call sign. And we have held meetings, but due to the pandemic, they have all been online so far. And, and you know, the fact that two of the club members don't live anywhere near us. Yeah, and I guess, I guess it's going to be cheap old ham approved, too. It is, and he has actually been on there talking. Um, but I'm the only one who's operated it on RF at this point. Sweet. Sounds like fun. I'm looking forward to being on the air and coming over, and we'll do a few more videos about D-Star. All right, Ray. Well, great to see you here at Huntsville. It looks like the ham fest is back to me, so I'm, I'm really happy to see that. Well, I know it's been busy. I've seen you guys about five or six people deep standing there like, are you going to get a break anytime soon? So it, it's been real busy. All right, man. 7-3. Seven, 73, everybody. Thank you. Good to catch up with Ray. And I did not know that about um, why and the 
the stock swap with Kenwood and all that, and NXDN being a derivative of D-Star. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. He's not kidding about being five or six deep either. I went by there several times, man, and he's like, you couldn't even get close to him. Oh, no. No, no. And it's always better for those things if we wait till the last day in the last yeah. few hours to try to talk with people at, uh, at vendors at Hamfast, particularly Ray. Yeah. Well, he's not the only person we met there. No, he's not, Emil. There's more? There is more. As a matter of fact, there is one in particular. We've we visited with him at a lot of the uh, the Hamfest in Huntsville. And at Dayton, we usually visit with his whole family, but he, uh, you know, the rest of them weren't able to come this year, but Jocelyn still made it. Well, we ran into another familiar face here. We've got uh, Jocelyn, KD8VRX and uh, VA2VRX. Absolutely. Nice seeing you guys here. Nice seeing you, Tommy. Yeah, it's good to see you, too. It's uh, nice to be back to the Hamfest. I mentioned earlier, this is the first one I've been to in two and a half years, so it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. It, this, it, Huntsville never disappoints. It's always good. It's always been good. August, inside, can't beat it in, in Alabama. Yeah, and the weather's been pretty rainy around here, too. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah the, uh, I know that uh, there were some folks doing the photo activation, and uh, they got rained out, so they had to cut it short. Yeah, Bill Brown and the guys were going to launch a balloon earlier. Uh, they were going to launch it around lunchtime, but the weather didn't work out too well for that. Yeah, I, like I said, yeah, the weather's been on and off. But, again, you know, the, the nice thing about Huntsville is we're indoors. We don't need to worry about the weather. So you guys remember uh, Jocelyn and uh, your son Chris. Yes. Uh, I think Don Wilbanks called him what, Cincinnati Short Rib? Yes. Yeah, he was the young ham of the year here when? Uh, in 2020. 2020, yeah. Great, great guy. Really enjoyed seeing him. I hate he didn't make it this year. No, he's actually uh, moving into college. Um, so he's helping people move into college. So he's already at that point, and he's taller than me. But I will say he's got more hair, so that's his height. For now. For now. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of hate that. How's the rest of the family doing good? The rest of the family is doing fine. Our youngest, Nicholas, is, uh, is a senior in high school. And uh, so the light at the end of the tunnel is kind of showing up here. So we're, uh, we're excited to see what's going to happen. Uh, we're, my wife and I have got to find different things to do because all of a sudden we're going to be empty nesters. Oh, yeah, I hear you. It's going to be a, a huge adjustment. Yes, yes. We both work out of our house. So uh, we've all had, uh, she's upstairs, I'm downstairs. But uh, now we're going to. What do we do? So I think we're going to start going down our bucket list of things like trips we want to take and small little things just to, while we're healthy and while we can do it, we're going to go ahead and start doing that. Right. So is uh, Chris is still into ham radio? He's still into ham radio. Uh, he's at St. Louis University. Uh, he's doing aeronautics, so he's flying. He's a pilot. He's got his pers- uh, PPL, personal oh. private license. Yeah. Yeah, he took uh, me and my wife at the separate times in the airplane. Uh, it's very interesting, uh, a little nerve-wracking to let your 19-year-old fly you around, uh, but that's what you have to do. And uh, so he's doing that, and uh, he's part of the CubeSat program at St. Louis, and he's restarting the Amateur Radio Club. And he's, oh. he's got a little QRP rig in his dorm that he's trying to get work 
but he's running into some issues with the uh, the stucco on the outside of the building is is blocking a little bit. Yeah, it's a wire mesh inside of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's on FDA on 20. I know uh, he's been on a, a randomly throughout the week, and now that school's going to start, I'm guessing he's still going to be there. But as he said, I, if I do FDA, then I can be quiet in the dorm. I'm not talking loudly in a microphone. Yeah, I don't do FT8 too often, but I'm going to have to get on there a little bit and see if I can spot him. Yeah, you might be able to spot him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, anyway, you've been doing any ham stuff? I know you've been checking in on the sound checking that from time to time. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm glad that you guys are still doing that, and that is still happening. Uh, it's, it's a fun net. Everybody has a great time. Uh, and, yes, I am still involved. Uh, I'm with Neil, and we do uh, Youth on the Air. We have the camp at the VOA last uh, July, early July, and uh, that was, uh, we had 26 kids, uh, and it was great. They all had a good time learning all kinds of radio stuff, spending some quality time together. We had a night or a day at the uh, amusement park. Uh, we did FM contests, but uh, they went through the park and just kind of bond together and have a good time, um, and still run the radio out of the house, still member of the VOA, and just keeping myself busy. Yeah, awesome. That uh, sounds like you're having a good time still. Yeah, still having a good time with ham radio. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Well, it's, it's really good to run into you out here. It's been a lot. Like it's been a long time since I've seen you, so it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure running into you. I, I know I've run into George at uh, Hamvention, but yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, we met. So nice to see you again. Yeah, you too. Let's well, get talking to you. I'm, right. I'll talk to you soon. Seventy-three. Seventy-three. It was nice to see Jocelyn again. Catch yeah, up a little yeah, bit. great guy. This his whole family is super nice, man. Oh yeah, really nice. This on the left-hand side there is something no radio or television engineer ever wants to see. Ouch. Yeah, and that's a piece of three and eighth transmission line there. Uh, they say was struck by lightning. KKPT, a Class C FM station in Little Rock, Arkansas. Got struck by lightning recently, and that's the damage that it did right there on the left. Let me just qualify this by saying any damage that is done on a broadcast antenna or transmission line, it was a lightning strike that caused it. That's the only thing insurance will pay, so (laughs) that's what everybody says that they are. And that one I think so, because I've zoomed in on the picture and looked at it closely, yeah, that's probably what it was, because I've seen transmission line meltdown, not from lightning strikes, but just because of poor maintenance and a bad history in its past. That copper will run down there and drip like it's melted ice cream. So with <laughs> Mother, enough power. Mother Nature is quite the uh, welder, Tommy. And so a Class C, that would be uh, 100 kW, effective radiated power. And their antenna is an ERI antenna, which is uh, two of our FM stations here are uh, using ERI antennas. Looking on the left there again, you know, just right above the burnout, you see those two little arms sticking out from the sides of the tower? Those are not the actual antenna elements themselves. Those are reflectors right there. Apparently, this is a directional antenna installation, and they'll... They'll put those parasitic radials out there to uh, cause it to be directional. Over on the right-hand side is a picture of one of those ERI antennas. That's uh, commonly referred to as a rototiller. And it's got those two elements on it turning in a 
a strange fashion there. But those are, in my opinion, the best uh, FM broadcast antennas out there. And that's what those guys are using. And now they're they're back up. They've had the antenna replaced, and they're back up to full power. You don't have a 100-kilowatt transmitter. You run a lower transmitter power, and you make up the gain with that antenna. And the more bays they stack on that antenna, the higher the gain. And if they had an 8-bay, I'm going to say they were probably running 30 to 35 kilowatts, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, because one of ours is, is 8-bay, and that's that's a transmitter power that we've got to make that happen. Don't go away. we got a lot more to go yet. We're going to take a quick break, come right back, and visit with some more friends. Keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. ICOM's high-powered base stations cut through pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Contest from the comfort of your home or remotely with the RSBA1 app. Heard it, worked it, logged it. The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 changed the way entry-level HF is designed. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. The real HF fun starts here. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver brings direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. Faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. 4.3-inch color touchscreen TFT LCD, real-time high-speed spectrum scope, and waterfall display. Smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels, dual watch operation, and full duplex operation in satellite mode. ICOM's IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR can pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM 7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. RF direct sampling system, 110 RMDR, independent dual receiver, dual digicell, ICOM's IC7851 gives you a new window into the RF world and is HF excellence unparalleled with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. It's truly the pinnacle of HF perfection. Dual receivers, digital IF filters, memory keyer, digital voice recorder, high-resolution spectrum waterfall display, enhanced PC connectivity, and SD memory card slot. Learn more about all these great ICOM radios at icomamerica.com slash amateur. Here's our friend Kevin, K4IVE, that oh, we see out here every year. And Hi. Good to see you. I'm glad, I'm glad to see you here at Huntsville anyway. I'm glad to be here at Huntsville as well. It's the ham fest. I don't know. It's been pretty good this year. You're with the Huntsville Club, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this uh, this is our second year with our our big floor, with the expanded room, and uh, it was a pretty good showing this morning. There was quite a few people here. So, 
overall, my impression is this is as big, maybe slightly bigger than previous years. What, what do you think? I don't know how big it is, but it's, it's the friendliest ham fest. We, you, we always say that. You can always come here. We have, I, I work hospitality, and um, there, if you need anything, you need any help, you can, get, you can always get a ham sandwich if you, if you come here as a vendor. And we got drinks, and we, we, we take care of, the, we take care of all, all of our VIPs. Cool. Well, we appreciate that. Tommy and I couldn't find the ham sandwiches earlier. We were looking, but they're back this they're way. They're in the corner. Yep. They're over here in the corner. Okay. I, I don't know. It looks like these people are hanging on for dear life here. You know what's going on? These, these crazy gigaparts guys, they came up with this contest where they, they give you two Heil push-to-talk switches, and you got to hold them over your head, as you can see right there. And the, the gal right there in red, she held it for over an hour and eight minutes on the last round. I don't think I could last eight minutes. <laughs> Man, no, I don't think I could either. No way. Yeah, that's wow. And I, they're up to, what are they? Oh, the, the time has restarted. What's going on? Oh, she must have won again because they've just restarted. It looks like they're only at 28. No, they're at 28 minutes. Right. 20, okay. And I, I see there's a... A box there with, uh, what, $1,000 in it? Yeah, grand prize is $1,000. Everyone that's up there has won one round already. And uh, the, the cool thing is that during the, the, you're not allowed to touch them while they're competing, but you can bribe them. You can say, hey, I'll give you this for 200 bucks if you'll just let go. Wow. So <laughs> I wonder if anybody took the bribe. I don't know. I know uh, that the... Those crazy gigaparts guys, they, they had all they came up with a bunch of rules and I haven't really been paying attention to it, but uh, seems like a really cool idea. It is a neat idea. I've never seen any any contest or promotion like that, so yeah, those guys are always doing something neat. Yeah, we, we try to keep people busy. We just had the, the Young Ham of the Year Award go off and uh, and that's always a big event. And we've had a really good showing of, of all the vendors this year. Last year, if you remember, with, with all the uh, the stuff going on back then, a lot of folks didn't show up. Well, I was one of them. I counseled with, you know, with things going on this year. Nah, I, you know, I feel uh, better about the situation overall. Apparently, a lot of people here do as well. Right. Yeah. There was it was it was hit and miss for a while there because of all the the kind of the increase of of concern, and they had just. Just before the ham fest last year, they had, they had turned off the mask mandate, and people didn't know whether or not they were going to come. And it was, and, but our uh, Mark in for BCD, he says we're having a ham fest this year, and people were starving for it. And we had a really good showing, and so far we've, like I said, we've had a real good showing this year too. Well, Kevin, thanks. Well, thanks to you, but everyone involved with the Huntsville Ham Fest here. It takes a lot of people to put this thing together. I know uh, Charlie, you know, we talked with him here in years past. I know he'd be proud to see the effort this yeah. year. Yep, this is the big event of the year for me. This is always my favorite thing to, to come and see the crowd and, and, and hang out at the, the flea market and see all that, that gold that's been sitting there all this time. All right. Good to see you, and we'll see you here yeah. next year.
Yeah, it's great to see you all and, and Tommy. 7-3. All right, thanks. Kevin is uh, here in the chat room quite often. Uh, well, he's in there he right, is right now. right now. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So, uh, Kevin, it was great to catch up with you. I didn't yeah. know about the uh, giant key down contest they had going in the background to you explained it there normally you know i think of maybe cbers having a key down contest and I, they call it something different it wasn't a, i don't think there were transmitters hooked to those microphones but uh, well interesting contest there wasn't it i i see uh, movies about that but bad things happen when you let go of the switch yeah yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. Richard Stubbs with MFJ. It's good to see you again. Hey, George, how are you and Tommy? I see Tommy behind the camera. It's good to see him again back on the road. We're here in Huntsville, Alabama for the big friendliest ham fest uh, in August and in the world. And uh, we're happy to be back because we took a two-year hiatus, as most of y'all know. Uh, they had to cancel the first year and then the Next year, you knew our friend Mike Enos. He died of COVID, and so we did not come last year. And so we're so happy to be back, George. It's this is the friendliest ham fest because you and I both know everybody in here almost, and there's probably five thousand people running around. Yeah, and that is true, and it is the friendliest ham fest in the world. And I think this year, man, it's it is back. It's back all the way, maybe even bigger. And it's huge. I like how they spread it out all the way across the whole building now, and and it's it's impactful. I mean, there's so much going on here. Giga's giving away $1,000 in cash over there for people to hold their arms over their head for the longest time. And uh, they're coming up with gimmicks all the time, so it's a lot of fun. So speaking of gimmicks all the time, what have you been up to? Have you, you had any shenanigans? <laughs> well, we had a good dating, George, as you know. You saw it was busy there, and we've been busy here. Me and Jimmy, we got some enlisted help from our guy that works off-site for us, Stan Kozowitz. He's an employee from back in the 40s. All right, actually, we only started no. in 1970, yeah, no. yeah. but he's a 40-year-plus employee way back when. So he came and helped us because we were so swamped. And uh, But, yeah, we've just been trying to maintain... You know, our regular stuff, the tuners, the dummy loads, the watt meters, trying to keep building stuff because it's been a tough two and a half years, man. It's been crazy. Parts problems, you know, people problems, COVID problems, hiring problems, all that, you know, all that, it, it truly, truly exists. So Martin created and marketed the first product back in 1972. Richard, that was 50 years ago. Martin Jew's business started as a little PC board and is 50 years in the making in October. And it's an amazing feat, I tell you. Uh, there are other ham businesses that have made it that far, but probably none in this day and age that had to go through this last two and a half years like we did. And, and any company did, but um, it's been an incredible ride. Uh, I've been there part of it for 29 or 30 years. I can't remember which, but it's been a fun, fun ride. Oh, I know it has. It's always fun to catch up with you at, at wherever you are, whether it's at MFJ there or if it's at one of the ham fest around. And you guys just keep going. I mean, you got so many products. Any idea 
How many products MFJ sells now? I mean, we could simply add it up, and I did one year. That was several years ago, and it was 2,000 different products right there. And if we if we cut out the import products, I mean, we're talking truly made in USA products. I mean, we're still talking 1,500 plus. And then you're talking about all the parts that are used to make up that from our metal shop, the the, the brackets, the cables, the, the threaded rods, and so on. There's thousands and thousands of, of SKU numbers and big times. You know, you just got to keep weeding in there and finding out what needs to be built next and do it. Yep. So... I know there's always things on the drawing board, always something new going to be coming up. I know you can't talk about them until they're out there, but are there some things going on that uh, that we're going to be looking forward to? Behind the scenes, you saw three, uh, three of the products at Dayton, and I think we are going to deliver one of those to you so you can do a segment on it here coming up. And then uh, the CW Elmer, which is going to be pretty popular and uh, and then there's stuff behind the scenes always that we're working on that are shh because if they let me say it then it's out and it's not a secret anymore yeah and then then you got to do it and then i get in trouble <laughs> i can see that's never happened before has it's it never happened before never gotten in trouble before at all yeah <laughs> richard man it's always great to catch up with you y'all i don't know it, it's almost like uh the friendliest ham vendor in the world is at the friendliest ham fest in the world. Well, and, and George, you and Tommy, make you put a smile on my face every time I see you all because y'all are right here in my neighborhood, down south Mississippi, and uh, it's always great to see you guys, and you put on an excellent show. We're so glad to sponsor it for all these years. It's been, been a long time now. Yeah. I think 10 maybe? Probably so. I'd have to. That's probably an anniversary in itself. Yeah. It it probably is. (laughs) Wow. I I don't even remember how long it's been, but it's been long enough that y'all are just a regular part of it now. It's been fun, I tell you. And uh, love all y'all that watch the show out there because uh, y'all keep it going. You keep us going. You keep these guys going. These are the grandfathers of the video tuber guys. We don't call y'all YouTubers, right? We just call y'all grandfathers. You, you can call us, I guess, whatever you want. We've been called worse, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm a grandfather now, too, so, you know, we're all grandfathers. <laughs> yeah, Tommy's not a grandfather yet, but he's probably not too terribly far away. Yeah, probably not, seeing that beard on him. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. You take George, care. Pleasure. Tommy, pleasure. Fun, fun, fun. We'll keep it going for another 10 or so or whatever. All right. 73. He's always fun guy to talk to. Oh, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, the ball he is. of energy, man. And Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. where, does, where does he get his energy from? I don't know. He's always, he's always up like that. I think always. that is MFJ part number 9999. <laughs> <And>, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, uh, wow, he's probably been to more ham fest than, well, I'm sure, than anybody I know. Oh, yeah. Probably anybody, any of us. They knows. used to go to, like, during near all of them, man. They oh, were yeah. at a ham fest almost every weekend. Yep. And I noticed Kevin mentioned over in the chat room, so I, I guess uh, that would be as good a time as any to mention it. Is You know, this is, 
MFJ's 50th year anniversary this year. Unfortunately, they won't be having a celebration like uh, they have in years past. Um, they just, uh, well, you know, timing's just bad uh, because when they do those, they have factory tours and hundreds of people come and go through the factories and get the tour and get to see where the products are made, uh, all the all the details for MFJ, uh, Ameritron, Vectronics, who else? High Gain, Cushcraft. I'm missing one, I know. Mirage. Mirage. I'm missing another one. I think there's another antenna vendor I'm missing. Anyway, that whole family of MFJ products, they do that tour. It's been like, oh, I think uh, maybe every five or ten years, but they're not going to be able to do the 50th. They've already had um, one shutdown this this year. Um, COVID got in the factory up there, and they had to shut down all the lines. So, uh, you know, they lost a lot of time there. And you could imagine if, if we're bringing in hundreds of people into a facility, yeah, it's probably not the, the best time to do that where you've got a factory line sitting right there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, it's still going around. I'm just getting over it myself, so that's why I'm not over there with you tonight. So yeah. It's going around. I can certainly understand that. Yeah. So um, we, we can shoot for the 51st, though. Maybe they'll be able to do the 51st. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So anyway, um, yeah. thanks Thanks for all that MFJ and, and Richard and the whole crew there do. Yep. Well, I've been doing an awful lot of talking tonight. <laughs> so I'm going to... I'm going to turn it over to the guy who's got the most frugal words of any of us here. Now, it doesn't mean the least, but uh, the most frugal. Email, pick it up, man. So if anybody's been to Huntsville, you know you get this pin here every time you pay to get in. You just never know who you're going to meet over there. From the left there, that's uh, Tom, WA2IVD, and uh, John, my Elmer, KC5KWZ, and Larry, KG5EXB. I had a little dinner the first night we got there. It's always good to uh, get together with the people you see out there. Something that caught me off guard. Uh, we were waiting to get in the second day, I believe it was, and we were just talking in the lobby. And uh, somebody came up to me and turned around and says, I recognize that voice anywhere. <laughs> he said, That's the cheap old man. Apparently he listens to our show. So he heard the voice and turned around and introduced himself. That's Ed Williamson out of uh, Tallahassee, Florida, KE4TZI. So he had to uh, say hi. Uh, that was the first time I heard, you know, saw or heard somebody say they recognize my voice. Something must be distinctive. I'm not sure. Uh, you never know what you're going to see either. And uh, this this car was calling CQ in the parking lot, so I had to make a contact. And uh, Vince and I took a little uh, lunch. And we happened to uh, run into the Toms in the uh, lobby on the outside. There's all kind of directions you can go to lunch, and we, we happened to run into uh, the Toms. I thought this was pretty neat. 
we were filming the YouTubers talking. That was a, quite a get together of all the uh, people doing videos around the uh, ham fest. It's always interesting to see the groups. Another run-in for me was at a table, a vendor's table, who had the uh, some devices, and he he recognized me right off the bat and said, "Hey." You got a reputation to keep here, man. Can I give you these things? We don't want to take them home <laughs> as a wireless access point and uh, I think a little 800 meg amp. I didn't take them, but I went looking for people who would. <laughs> so, hey, Alma, good to meet you. <laughs> what you got there? I have some hamsticks here that I purchased from uh, one of the tables here. Ooh, 15, 18, everything? Yes, yeah. but it was three for 30. Three for 30? Yes. Okay, he wins. <laughs> nice. Cool. You said you're going to use them for uh, our communication trailer. The communication trailers, yep. K5ARC. Yep. Nice. Yep. Well, cool. See that? We found cheap deals, guys. This is what it's about. Elmer's a great guy who's at a uh, local club here, K5ARC in Ascension Parish, and uh, he and I go back and forth on our newsletters. Um, for kind of like a neighborly happenings column. So it's always a fun guy to run into him over there at uh, Hamfest was awesome, especially to see him making cheap deals. One of the other fun things about going to the Hamfest, whether it's Dayton or, or Huntsville, is getting to operate on the uh, road. And we set up a station, Larry and I, KG5EXB, and me set up a uh, station in the back using it's a ham stick for 20 meters, and uh, the VHF, UHF had a pretty good uh, run with it. On the way there. November one zero zero Charlie. Kilo Echo Five for back Kilo Romeo Mobile. I got November nine Sierra Oscar X Ray. Is that correct? Five seven eight to Wisconsin. You are about a five seven here as well. Uh, you're welcome. Seventy three. Uh, second station, Kilo Echo 5, Quebec Kilo Romeo Mobile. Kilo Echo 5, Kilo Echo 5, Quebec Kilo Romeo QKR Mobile. I think I copied Kilo Echo 5, Quebec Kilo Romeo Mobile, and uh, we're doing it about a 5 4. QSL, QSL, you're 5-9 into the mobile station here, 5-9, and uh, we're just on our way back from Huntsville to Louisiana. Uh, you're fading out. Uh, I think I copied you sitting here at 5-9, but I didn't get your location. Location is Alabama, Alabama coming back from Huntsville. Alabama coming back from Huntsville mobile. Coming back from Huntsville from the show up there, I feel. QSL, QSL, got the ham fest under the belt. Ham fest is done, so heading back home to Louisiana in Alabama. Okay, heading back to Louisiana. We copy that. We'll safe travel to you for 7-3. 7-3. It caught me off guard a little bit there because at first when I looked at the call sign in one KSC, I said, okay, it's Kennedy Space Center in Florida. But apparently there is a... Lighthouse. I thought that was pretty neat. That's the lighthouse at Kennedy Space Center. So wow. uh, we had quite a good time there and uh, good good times coming and going as well. So you can always have fun going to these ham fests and uh, just having a great time with meeting people and contacts, making contacts. So 
That's what I got, George. Awesome. Oh, okay, nice. Emil. So my, I think you got one more thing. That Do I? You may not even remember. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. But we got the evidence. Oh, yeah, right here. Emil here with uh, Ray Novak um, at the uh, Ham, uh, Huntsville Ham Fest. And uh, I hear uh, ICOM's got a uh, new pro- product or for uh, some pretty global communications and the solutions. Yeah, George told me that you were really the MCOM guy, and I think it was because he wanted to have somebody that's that's my size here. So this is the big boy show, right? This is the big boy show. You got it. So what we have here is the ICOM SAT100. It is a push-to-talk solution utilizing the Iridium satellite system. Gotcha, and this is uh, global coverage, I take it. Yes, sir. You can select what areas you want to cover. So for you, you could have Louisiana. And as an example, uh, through DX Engineering, we're sponsoring the Bouvet de-expedition with DX Engineering for communications. So when they get on the island, they've got a pilot in Europe, a pilot in the United States. They've selected those regions, and they have wide area push-to-talk, one-to-many communications to just have a general discussion, so if they need to make adjustments or, hey, you're getting a lot of complaints because you're not working this area, listen a little bit closer, so they can steer kind of the pile-ups. Yeah, I know in some of the de-expeditions, a lot of the uh, fun is the logistics of uh, getting there and uh, getting the ships coordinated, so everybody being on the same page is a, a, a big thing. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Now, one of the interesting things about this product, it is, it is designed and built for like a wide area coverage. Just consider the, the satellite being a repeater. The nice thing with Iridium compared to some of the other ones is it goes from a ground station being a portable to the satellite. But with Iridium, it talks like a mesh network between all the satellites. The only time that it comes back to Earth is in the coverage areas where the other radios are selected. Gotcha, gotcha. And, you know, you mentioned something important, too, about the uh, ships and, uh, uh, you know, these groups being in uh, pretty challenging locations. I'll take it they've got some pretty good uh, ratings as far as uh, weather or, or survivability for this radio. Yes, sir. It's an IP67. That was one of the design requirements from Iridium is they wanted something because a lot of times they'll be using them in emergency communications in a zero ground-based infrastructure. So you're familiar with things like that down there in Louisiana. Um, Definitely something to be out in harsh weather to be able to use. Uh, One of the other ones is that the antenna would be detachable. So you can add a magmount-type antenna for a vehicle and be able to use it in a vehicular mount scenario. We also have a mobile that is very similar to what we're showing back here. So very similar to our IP501, where the RF unit goes up on the roof of the building and use power over Ethernet to to the RF module up top, which... George and I were talking earlier about the 905, very similar technology. Okay, so um, very uh, adaptable to uh, different scenarios and uh, emergency uh, conditions and situations. Yes, sir. That's awesome. This is, uh, I guess, this is available now, and it's uh, 
pretty, you, you got to, uh, how do you go about accessing the system? And there, there are a sales team from ICOM as well as Iridium, Iridium retail outlets that sell these. The radios themselves are around $1,500, so maybe not cheap old ham approved there. <laughs> but for those that are used to using sat phones, it's unlimited push to talk okay. for 65 bucks a month. That's where the, the cost savings come in. Well, you know, I, I am the cheap old man on the Amateur Logic TV show. However, there's just some things you don't want to cheap out on. No, sir. It's been so funny when talking about emergency communications. Do you want a radio that's going to be there for you, or do you want a radio that you consider disposable yeah. as your life-saving device? Yeah. Absolutely. Any Anything um, else you want to say about it, or did we cover it? I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, Long-life battery on the radio, you're going to see about about 12 to 15 hours, I believe, was the spec on it. Wow. Wow. So. I appreciate you. Awesome. Time. Yep. I just feel it. See, that's a, oh, wow, that's light. Good stuff right there. I think you might be the first uh, uh, red shirt away team member that made it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh no from the landing party <laughs> yep nice I, I did forget about that Ooh, I, yeah. nice <laughs> nice radio okay yeah, pretty cool if you, have, if you need global communications that's not really that bad a price for it I don't no. think uh-uh and six do you remember how much cell phones were when they first came out they were up around that <laughs> That mark, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. And sixty-five bucks a month for unlimited service. Uh huh. I mean, that's better than a cell phone. Yeah. Kinda. Kinda. Okay, we've uh, we got one final video tonight. Well, here's Mark, the chairman of the Huntsville, Alabama, Hamfest. Mark. I got to say, this, this is back. It may even be bigger than I've seen before. Well, George, it's, it's as big as last year, but I, I think there are way more people. Um, in, in years past, uh, before COVID, we had 80,000 square feet. And we expanded this year, or we expanded last year to include the entire South Hall. We added 60,000 square feet where we're standing right now. And uh, I'm glad we did because the aisles are wider. We could, we've got room to move around at peak times. It, it's just bigger, and it feels just great field this year. Well, yeah, it, it is, and uh, I've enjoyed it. You know, it's well, I always enjoy it, but this year you're right. You're not uh, you're not quite as crowded. Well, you're never as crowded here as you are at some of the big ham fest. There's there's room to move around, and uh, you know, George, I I heard people are jumping out of airplanes to be here this weekend. I was just hearing that. Can you elaborate? Well, there's a bunch of YouTubers here, of course, and um, I guess two of them went up to on a skydive, or maybe one of them went up on a skydive with an experienced uh, uh, parachutist, and uh, they did they did their jump on Friday, and so he's he's over here out off camera, but he survived a jump off a plane to come to the Huntsville Hamfest. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, that is, you know, I noticed that. They couldn't fly the balloon today, but I would say, well, because of the weather. Right. But that probably makes up for it. Yeah, Bill Brown, uh, WB8ELK, no, no relation, 
uh, he did a he did a forum on the balloons uh, balloon stuff. Uh, the conditions just weren't conducive to, to launch in one of those Pico balloons that have just very very little lift. They they barely go up, and uh, once but once they do get up, they they circumnavigate the the globe several times, and it's it's a pretty cool part of the hobby. I mean, it combines meteorology, uh, physics, all the all the things that that kids should be into, and they are. Kids love that stuff. Bill has been instrumental in in getting that hobby spread around a lot. We've talked with him before, and he does, wow. He's just one more more, uh, arrow in our quiver of Huntsville, Alabama. We've got got Dr. Monty Bateman behind me. He and his wife have been doing the youth lounge for 13 years. He's a NASA physicist. He did a grounding for him. He He helped design the lightning catenary around the space shuttle launch system. And so we've just, we've got a huge, huge, pool of technical talent here in Huntsville, and many of them are here in this building today. So if you've got a lightning issue while you're here, you might want to check out Monty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll he'll take time. He'll push the kids out of the way and answer your question. I'm sure he'll be happy to. <laughs> well, Mark, uh, wow, anything else you can tell us about the Ham Fest this year? I, I, haven't talked to the, I haven't talked to the ticketing folks out front. I have no idea, but it, it just feels to me like we're, our attendance is up from uh, from 2021. And it's kind of on par with 2019, the year the kid won the 7610. I, you were here, I think, for that oh, yeah, year. That yeah. was that was a banner year. That kid is a uh, Tennessee contest uh, group. He, he he participates in Tennessee phone nets. That he put that he and his family put that radio on the air almost daily, and that's that's just wonderful to see that kids being active in the hobby. We just a, a few hours ago we had the uh, the announcement of Audrey. Uh, I can't remember who call signed the uh, Dave, uh, Bill Pasternak Young Hand of the Year Award. It's just so good to recognize the young talent that's that's coming into the hobby, and we need to, we need to support, we all need to support that as much as we can. And you guys here in Huntsville always do a fine job of that, and that's that's one of the impressive things about this Hamfest. If you've got kids that are into the hobby, you need to expose them to this, all the things they've got going on here. I hope you pan over to the youth lounge. Uh, we had about 120 kids through there last year. This year, it seems easily way more than that. And so it's it's just a wonderful thing to keep keep kids, get them excited about STEM. Maybe not necessarily amateur radio, but soldering, uh, robotics, whatever. Get them involved. Mark, thanks for talking with us. And Thank thanks, you, George. Thanks for another great Huntsville Ham Fest. We look forward to seeing you again next year. Thank you very much, and a pleasure having Thanks for coming, and thanks for promoting our event. Appreciate it very much, George. Thanks. 73. 73. See ya. You know, I really like the way. I, I'm going to second something he said. I like the way they expanded the hall. It did have the feel of being wide open, even though there was a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, it did. He had some pretty big shoes to fill after Charlie became Silent Key, and he stepped right in there. And done, done, they've done a fantastic job. Yeah. Yep. Still miss seeing Charlie there, but, um, yeah. you know, Mark, Mark is doing a, uh, and the whole crew is doing a fantastic job. Yeah, no of doubt. Keeping it going. There were some other people we saw there. Weren't there, Tommy? They were. Uh, I got some pictures with them. Uh, didn't get video, unfortunately. But it's our friend Chip, uh, K9MIT. I don't know if he's in the chat room tonight. I haven't been able to watch it as very. I haven't. As I haven't close. seen Chip in the chat room tonight. That's Chip, the infamous uh, inventor of the chip stick. I think Bob Howe called it. 
really great to meet him in person finally. I think George, you met him before, I believe, but uh, this is the first time I actually met him face to face. So that was really cool. Yeah, Chip, Chip's a great guy. I got the, you know, last time we met in Huntsville, we didn't get to spend much time together, but this time we did. Really uh, great to see Chip and visit with him in person. Another person here. Yeah, in five NBC, he was wearing the swag. Uh, I think I've met him before. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not 100 percent positive, but I do. He, he had the swag on. I couldn't pass it up. There, I saw several people wearing the swag, but he was the only one I was able to get the picture. Wow, both people in that photo have the swag on. <laughs> yep. And uh, one other. Oh yeah, uh, this is another winner. Yeah, he's in the chat room tonight. That's Cliff WA Zero JTW. He's the one that actually won last year, won the IC705. If you guys check in on the soundcheck net, you probably hear him. He's on there on on most of them. Really nice yeah. guy. I got to meet him and his wife. Uh, they were they were both very nice. It's a pleasure to, to meet him for sure. On next month's Amateur Logic, the October episode, we'll be celebrating 17 years of AmateurLogic.tv. 17 years of funness. The, the longest running, um, well, video program on amateur radio and related stuff. Um, Wow. That's a long time. Yeah, it was on YouTube before YouTube. uh, Well, no, about the same time. YouTube and I started about the same time. YouTube was kind of just getting kicked off. It had a lot of cat videos at the time. Yeah, there were... (laughs) There were two or three other places doing it too, and and they've gone was by the, the internet all dial up back then. They've all gone by the wayside since then. No, it wasn't dial up; it was torrents. Well, so I guess yeah, it could have been dial ups too. But yeah. we had to run a BitTorrent servers to to distribute the video. So yeah, um, yeah, that was D- a few, DSL, I think, at that time. Yep, yeah. been a few years. And we've had, uh, you know, a couple of really other great hosts with us here as well. Jim in 5SBE, who I still uh, talk with frequently. And, you know, he was one of our founding members. And, of course, who can forget Peter, VK3PB, who spent a lot of years right here. And, wow, just a great 17 years So. To celebrate that, we're going to give away Tommy's radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost jumped up and left for that. It's the 17th annual anniversary contest for Amateur Logic. You can get the details amateurlogic.tv. Tommy, you've got the radio right there. I do have it right here. And that's the ICOM IC705. I mean... Really, that's got to be one of the hottest radios going now. It's it's a low-power rig. You know, it's made to operate off batteries, or you can use external power with it as well. Yeah. With a handy-talkie battery, you can get 5 watts out of that thing, or external 13.8-volt DC. You can get 10 watts out of it. This is Tommy's actual radio here. He's... He's had that thing on the air quite a bit, and it's... I'm not it's, giving this one up. You're going to get one just like it. Yep. Oh, I am? <laughs> Somebody is. No, no, you're not. Okay. Disqualified. It's got HF 6 meters, 2 meters, 440. Does all modes. 
including D-Star. It's got RF direct sampling system. This thing, to me, it's like a 7300 in a, in a handheld size. I mean, it's got just everything, but it's got the VHF and UHF and D-Star, too, that 7300 yep. doesn't have. It's actually got a little more than the 7300. Oh, yeah. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. Oh, yeah. That is true. Same battery pack that you would use on your ICOM handy talkie. So, hey, you can charge up several, bring them. They're lightweight, easy to carry along with you. Uh, really a nice radio. Of course, it's a software-defined radio. It's got a, well, one-touch FT8 mode preset. I wasn't aware of that, Tommy. Yeah, that's uh, something they added on a firmware update after it came out. Okay, cool. And you already mentioned wireless LAN and Bluetooth technologies. What can you do with that? Now you can uh, actually do, uh, I did a segment a while back on doing uh, terminal mode and getting on D-Star without actually having a, a hotspot. Okay. So. Uh, a lot of good things you can do. You can run some other digital modes on it. We'll be experimenting with some of those in the future. Okay. It's got GPS built in as well, too, huh? Yeah, GPS. Uh, micro SD card. There's an optional backpack available and an optional automatic antenna tuner if you want that. But yeah. really, you use that thing at field day this year, and I'll say it again. You know, it really surprised me that that you did as well as you did with uh, just running 10 watts. Yeah, it did great. And uh, the thing is a battery miser, too. It it ran pretty much all field day uh, and used next to no battery. Yeah. I took that 50-amp battery and I ran it, didn't even, didn't even get it down to full. And then I gave you that battery and switched over to the small battery, and it was still pretty well full. And it used it a lot. So the thing just uh, just sips battery power you know you, you kind of got me wanting one of those myself now um after seeing how much fun you're having with it and it's it's everything you know if you could only have if, one uh, radio if i had to get down to one radio this would be the one that i would keep we're partnering up with icom and and mfj our two sponsors to bring you this contest without them we couldn't do it but boy perfect Perfect prize to give away here for the 17th anniversary. We got more stuff. You know, we're going to make this um, a multiple package deal here. We actually, um, well, we've got a nice antenna here. And we actually have someone who has used this antenna quite a bit and has experiment uh, or experience with it. Email. You want to tell us about this? I sure do, George. Um, MFJ's 2389 compact vertical 8-band antenna is something we've been using for many years. And I say we, uh, me and Glenn, KG5CEN, do winter field day down here in Louisiana. And that antenna is part of our station that we roll out into the field. We use it and have been using it for a long time. And it stood the test of time and it just works. Every year we do what we want to do with that antenna and make contacts HF digital, HF voice. We, we just use it, and it just works. So what it is is um, you get a fourth wave of uh, HF on 80 through 6 meters, half wave, and 2.15 dBi gain on 2 meters, 
in a 5 eighth wave with 5.5 dBi gain on 440. SWR is 1.5 to 1 or less, and it handles 200 watts PEP SS, uh, single sideband, 150 watts on 6 meters to 70 centimeters on FM. Super lightweight, and I can attest to that. Less than 6 pounds and just 8 feet tall, this antenna lets you mount in a restricted space environment, such as an attic or a balcony for you um, people with challenging locations space-wise. Its ground radio system is built into it, so you don't have to fool with counterpoise wires. And uh, it's got an SO239 feed point connector. So that is that antenna just works. I'm I'm gonna I'm definitely promoting that one because we've been using it for four years, Glenn and I, and uh, just just keeps on ticking. Boy, it looks nice and portable too. I mean, you can collapse that thing down and take it with you easy. It'd be a good antenna to use with that rig. Oh yeah, he, Glenn, Glenn and I, we break it down into his bag, and he's got his own mast, and all it's all in one piece that you just throw over your shoulder, and there you go. Yeah. We've got a power supply, too. and We sure do. Mike is going to tell us a little bit about that. The MFJ4230 MVP is a compact switch mode or switching power supply, and it's super compact. It delivers 30 amps surge or 25 amps continuous, and it's selectable between 4 and 16 volts, so it's adjustable. On the front, it has uh, five-way binding posts, and this particular model, uh, the MVP, has a pair of uh, Anderson power pole connectors on the back. You can run it on 120 or 240 volts. At 47 to 63 hertz, so you could take it anywhere in the U.S. or and abroad, and it works. It's really, really nice. Super light. It's nice having that uh, analog voltmeter on the front that measures your current and your voltage. It mm-hmm. is. That, that's so handy, you know. Um, I like to be able to look at the current when I'm keying up, and that'll tell you a lot about, you know, how your station's going right yep. then, you know. So... The contest, you need to enter one time within, uh, well, actually about a month here. Our 17th anniversary contest, of course, is sponsored by ICOM and MFJ. And let's give you some of the details here. First, we'll just say you can get all this information, amateurlogic.tv slash contest. It's the IC705, the MFJ28898 bin compact antenna, and MFJ4230 MVP 12-volt power supply. And, of course, uh, you know, you're going to want to hook it up. So MFJ is throwing us in some RG8X coax to go with it. Now, to be qualified, we do have qualifications here. You must be a licensed U.S. or Canadian amateur radio operator with a U.S. or Canadian shipping address. Only one entry per contestant. Sending more than one entry disqualifies the applicant. So if you send it, you should get an auto response back. If you don't get that, instead of just sending another one, send, uh, ask one of us to check it for you, and we'll be glad to check. So don't, don't send more than one and get disqualified, please. Yep, and the autoresponder wasn't working when the uh, contest first opened, which would have been uh, right around the last episode of Ham College. For a few days there, it did not work. So um, 
those people are registered. But like I say, you can send one of us an email. Our first name at amateurlogic.tv will reach any of us. The winner is responsible for any taxes incurred. And the winner agrees to use his or her call sign and name in promotional and news items related to the contest. Okay. And lastly, contestants must not be an employee or an affiliate. I guess we're affiliates of Amateur Logic, ICOM, or MFJ Enterprises. Yep, that is true. And how do you enter? Well, it's pretty simple. All you got to do is send an email to contest2022 at amateurlogic.tv. We only want your call sign in the subject line. Only your call sign. If you put anything else in there, it's not going to be a valid entry. So just your call sign in the subject. And then down in the body of the email, give us uh, your name, call sign, class of license, and your address in the email message. And we don't harvest this info. You know, as soon as the contest is over, all the entries are, are destroyed. But remember, you can only enter once. So if you've entered, don't do it again. But if you haven't, man, you need to get right on it because there's not that much time left. When can you sub, uh, send your submissions, Tommy? Well, <clears throat> funny you ask. The submissions must be made between Monday, August 29th and Monday, October 10th. So there's not a lot of time left. Yep. Uh, a, little, well, a little bit less than a month, I guess. But uh, go ahead and do that right away so you don't forget. Yeah. So email how how we're going to select a winner for this thing. I'm, I'm thinking that the... Uh contest winner will be selected by a random number from the entries received. The winner will be announced on the October 15th episode of Amateur Logic TV. Um, that, that makes sense. And if it's determined that the winning entry does not meet the qualification requirements, we'll select another uh, from the pool of applicants uh, using the same method. So, again, get all your contest rules and information at AmateurLogic.tv slash contest. Void were prohibited. Okay. And Tommy, you said? I said 73, good luck in the contest. That's what I always <laughs> say when we announce the contest. Okay. Well, guys, I think that's going to do it for tonight's show. It's been a long one, but, hey, we had a good time at Huntsville this year. and Because, yep. you know, first really big ham fest that we have all been to, well, Everyone, with the exception of Mike, uh, condolences on not being able to come, Mike. But uh, we had the fun for you. Hopefully, we'll see you there next year. Yep. And yeah, a lot of people over in the chat room tonight. We we saw you there as well, and a lot of other folks. So always a great time. Before we get out of here, Tommy, any final thoughts for the audience tonight? Uh, no, just uh, go ahead and, and get those entries in as soon as you can. And uh, if if you don't get the autoresponder, again, send us an email at uh, our name at amateurlogic.tv so we can check it for you. Okay. And email. Any other thing down there that we need to know about before we gather back here this time next month? Um. The Slide L East OC Hamfest is coming up in October, so if you can make it, come check us out. And other than that, enjoy this awesome weather if you're having it. So and back to you. 
When's it coming up? Lots of information online at W5SLA.net. <laughs> October the something. October the something is, as I'm looking it up. 7th and 8th. There you 7th go. 7th and 8th. I was going to say we could give away Tommy's radio down there, but no, that would be too early. <laughs> so. yeah. Good luck getting it. Yeah. I'm getting over COVID. You don't need to come in here. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm well over it. And Mike, uh, thanks for being with us tonight. And Just, just a quick um, mention. I was listening to CBC Radio on my drive home from work, and they were running an interview uh, with a, 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 an author who happened to be from the UK. And, um, you know, there were a few mentions about COVID and, um, you know, how most of it's negative. But this author uh, decided because he was in lockdown, he had nothing else to do. And he was always kind of interested in radio, uh, more so from the uh, shortwave listening aspect. But he decided to get his ham license. So he contacted somebody locally and um, took a course remotely and uh, got his ham ticket. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I guess that's going to do it. So I'm going to say join us at the end of the month, the next Ham College, where the topic is, um, well, anybody's guess at this point, but it's going to be something out of the amateur extra pool. And, wow, uh, fun times. Thanks for joining us tonight, everyone. And we'll look forward to seeing you. Well, at the end of the month and right here on Amateur Logic for the big 17th anniversary celebration in the middle of October. It's just hard to believe. It is. Have you got the Welch's grape juice chilling yet? I need to buy a can, that's for sure. Let it be <laughs> fermenting. So. <laughs> All right. 7-3. 7-3, everybody. 7-3. 7-3.